There is never a moment, uh, a time that we don't need you because you dwell with us and you know our need. So we thank you for meeting our every need. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I thought what I'd do today would be talk some about the road before us, what is ahead for the body of Christ. Amen. And, uh, you know, people who hear prophetically, you know, sometimes people say, well, how would you know? (laughs) Amen. But uh, it's just good to know that if you if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. And so I hunger to know the vision of God. I hunger to know what's ahead for us. What what are we supposed to be doing? What should we be listening to right now? The Bible says, without a vision, the people perish, or they cast off all restraint. And so what we see in the world now is a great uh, restriction, is a a great casting off of restraint uh, by humanity where nothing is sacred anymore, nothing is, everything's challenged, everything is, can be spoken against, everything can be torn down and criticized. And so, and I believe it's because we lack vision. Not only do people in the world lack vision, but the body of Christ lacks vision to a degree. Uh, because you see in the body of Christ, people are doing same old, same old. And I believe we should always hunger for more of God. And so I thought I would share some about uh, the vision that God gave us, not just for the ministry, but for the body of Christ. Amen. So it's if you turn to the book of Habakkuk in chapter 2. Praise God. 2.14. This is the vision. It says, For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. No longer will it be one little denomination holding on to truth or one little group of people holding on to truth. But the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of God's glory. Now, what does that mean in, in everyday terms that, that, we <clears throat> that we can know and understand? Our vision is that the power of God, the manifest presence of God, or the glory of God is increasing in the earth. Now, when it makes a statement like the waters cover the seas, what that really means is that whenever you see water referred to in the Bible, it refers to several things, but one of the things it refers to is people. The Bible talks about Jesus' voice thunders like the voice of many waters. So waters really refers to nations of people, cultures of people, different people groups. And so if the earth will be filled with the knowledge of his glory, like the waters cover the seas, that indicates to me that his glory must reside on a people. See, God can pour out his presence, but if he doesn't have somebody who understands what he's doing, it will be wasted. He'll just be out there and nobody sees his knowledge of his glory. So that implies a human element in there. That implies somebody who can accurately interpret what God is doing. That implies a knowledge that that people who carry 
his presence or carry his glory, it, it implies a knowledge that only they have. So God has locked up his power in his church, and that is no mistake. God is not interested in in doing a lot of like Old Testament manifestation, signs and wonders where the heavens shook and, and things, and they knew it was God. God wants us to know him, to talk to him, to understand what he's doing, uh, to be intelligent, if you were, uh, if you will, in what he's doing and have um, full disclosure, I guess you could say, about the plan of God. So when it talks about his knowledge and his glory covering the earth, I believe that truly means his presence residing on his people in his people and we go through the earth doing what we do with understanding doing what we do with knowledge doing what we do with power or else why would god have brought forth so much teaching on his word Uh, if you know anything about church history uh, after the pentecostal move of the spirit at the turn of the last century Uh, we began to understand that God was a God who would give gifts unto men. He would uh, move in the gifts of the Spirit. So we began to speak supernaturally, first with the gift of tongues, and then with prophecy, and then uh, with preaching that was anointed, and God confirmed it with signs following. And so as that move started to increase, there began to increase also a greater understanding of how things happen in the realm of the supernatural. So the teachings that we've had, basically we talk about word of faith message or faith message or a teaching on the word. It's really to give us revelation on how the supernatural operates. And so the glory realm is the supernatural realm of God. And God wants his people to be so familiar with the supernatural that that's what we crave and that's what we desire and that's what we long for. We'll be the Enoch people who walk with God until we just don't want to come back home anymore. You know what I'm saying? I mean... I know a lot of people try to play that, and, you know, if I ever told my dear late husband that, he said, what do you mean you were coming home? <laughs> if you don't get here by now, don't bother to come back. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure Mrs. Enoch might have thought something like that for a minute, but then she'd remember he was last seen in the presence of God. Yeah. That's where he went, amen? Yeah. It's like they do on the the, uh, the forensic uh programs you know it's always the person who was last seen with the victim so if that person is god that's where you went amen and so and it's a good thing to crave the things of god to that degree that that you can be taken up into the presence of god never to return nor you won't come back normal that much i can tell you we spend enough time amen and i think that's a lot of the world's problem don't spend enough time with god Amen. I mean, but for real, though, not these little imaginary things that we have, but but the real presence of God, you know, reading his word, feasting on his word, just 
taking everything out of your life for about a couple hours and get over, dive over in your Bible and see where that takes you. Amen. And so God is, is putting that hunger and thirst in his people. And he often does it through uh, just making the world so um, so uh, undesirable that we we can't go there for refuge anymore. You know, I mean, sometimes it 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 used to be kind of tempting to get involved in some things that we we were delivered from, but it's dangerous and scary out there now. You understand what I'm saying? You you go to your home for refuge, but for real though, you don't you don't haunt a lot of places where you, you know. I mean, if nothing else, the body of Christ should should have lost its love for the world already. You understand what I'm saying? Because I think when we realize that the thing we thought was was the one thing we needed to have for God, or we wasn't gonna want to live no more, and it didn't come for many years, something should have tipped you off. <laughs> Okay, is a different spin on this God, you know what I'm saying? And and God wants to show us that he is our life. Not what we possess or what we're able to do, but it's him. Yeah, I had a situation where and you all know most most things that that happen to me health-wise, they can be corrected in a short period of time. You know, I'm just one of those adherence to the 72 hour deep in the word you know because it works it's been working for a long time and then i had something come up that just didn't move in that period of time and then i tried to stretch it out to uh another day you know just add another day to that three days and see if that would do and that didn't and i thought to myself i said well i have to wrestle with this this thing right here i want to get and so you get serious you know what I mean when I say serious? I mean just that's your focus. You got to stay with God until this thing lifts, till it goes, till it's no more. And so I think in some ways that's a foretaste of a way of life for us. See, these little periods where we have where, uh, you know, the real quick confession doesn't work anymore and the things that we usually do to get us pass the pain or you know get the you know whatever get the infection off of us or whatever it is that we're challenged with when they don't work and we got to go deeper i think that's god acclimating us to our future listen i'm going y'all can stay here if you want to but i'm you understand what i'm saying i'm going on with god because this world that this thing is temporary and it's fake anyway Huh? It's not even real. What we see every day is figments of somebody's imagination. And so when you want what's real, you have to connect with the one who has nothing but grace and truth inside of him. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if we are going to see this vision come to pass, that the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of his glory as the waters cover the seas, and what the, what does that mean for you and me? His glory, we said, is his manifest presence. Amen? Not a goosebump. Not a quickening. Huh? That's just him easing up on you. 
You know what I'm saying? Then he has to pull back because you ain't ready. You know, it's like people, you know, and a lot of people get goosebumps. You know, the Holy Spirit, when he manifests on sinners, you get that reaction. And they'll get a, a an experience with God and then break out of his presence and run and go tell everybody. Oh, look at I got goosebumps when you said that. How y'all know what I'm talking about? Look at you done seen Oprah do that stuff. And see people try to bill her as a Christian because she have goosebumps. Devils have them too. Bible says they tremble. In the name of Jesus. Got me? And so what we have to understand is that God wants to not just acclimate us with his presence, but really take over in our lives. That's what he's been longing to do. Since the foundation of the earth, God knew that we would be separated from him, and he knew he wanted us back. And so this whole uh, experience of God with the nation of Israel and teaching us about who he is has been acclimating us to forever being in the presence of God. Now, you can have as much of God as you want on this side of glory or this side of eternity or whatever we want to call it. But as you walk the earth, you can have as much as you desire. Why would you want more of God? Why? Because that's your destiny. I mean, you want it simply because it's for you. Amen? It's like, why would you want a, a decent house to live in? Because it's for you. Amen? It's something that's ordained for you as part of your inheritance in God. And it's the same thing with his presence. So his manifest presence means that he is walking with you as God and as man. He is He's able to acclimate to you because he's 100% man, but he's also able to do great things through us and for us because he's 100% God. And so that's what he wants us to get adjusted to, is his presence and understanding. He wants to be with us all the time. Why? Because it's better for us. It's better for us if he's with us all of the time. So that's where he came to dwell in the hearts of men. He is Emmanuel, God with us, and he lives in us. But he doesn't want to just take up a little corner anymore. He wants to take over, to possess his bride, to really uh, 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 empower us, overwhelm us, be our everything so that we don't ever lack anything again. Amen. And so when we understand that about God, then we'll be more expectant about the vision to come to pass, more um, acclimated to him, more accommodating for the things that he may require uh, for us to to come apart and to be with him. Uh, You know, it's some of the great tragedies in our lives. If we would learn how to see past the tragedy and see what's working behind the scenes. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, sometimes 
if God is able to get your attention out of a situation, then you have to make up your mind to get over the the hurt part and the rough part about it. Because look at the good he brings out of it. You understand? I mean, it's just think about it now. He He'll do that. It's his way of saying, um, you know, I love you. It's like, let me give you an example that we probably can all be familiar with, relate to. When, say, for instance, a Christian has a baby out of wedlock, gets pregnant out of wedlock. Well, that's sin, and that's wrong. But then the baby brings such joy. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And you can get between that place of condemning, condemnation, and joy. And condemnation, you might as well go with the joy. Because God brought good out of it. You understand what that's what he that's he wants that to be his final statement on that bad behavior. Is I brought you joy. Huh? You wronged me, but I brought you joy. What you gonna do with that? You see what I'm saying? And see, that that level of thinking is beyond us. Because we can't get with it. We say, well, listen, Lord, their sins are forgiven. I'm going to quit talking about it. I'm going to quit messing with it. I'm going to quit. Yeah, I'm not going to bring that up because you brought joy. If you brought joy, then I'm going to get there and enjoy joy with them. Amen. So let's just rejoice and have joy. In situations where sometimes people will give a child up for adoption, look at the joy it brings to a couple or or a person that wants to have children and isn't able to for some reason. And so there's there's at the end of all of these situations, we can see God bigger than. See, that's why when people want to talk about people's sins and shortcomings i have a hard time swallowing i used to get in with it you understand what i'm saying but i have a hard time swallowing it now because i understand what the atonement does see it it erases that totally like no more remembrance at all it didn't happen as far as god is concerned and so we have to understand that. And what does that mean as far as his manifest presence? Well, that means you can have as much of the presence of God as you desire. And you can give yourself totally over to God because you can trust the God who's that big. I mean, your sin is such a small thing to him, yours and anybody else's. It's such a, because it's already been taken care of. It's been dealt with. The price has been paid for that. If we can just get in with that, that might mess your head up for for several years trying to figure that out. And the only thing you say, Jesus, please help me to accept this and understand and stay in a, a heart of love and repentance toward you and turning away from sin. Because if the, you did that much for me, and you don't even think about it anymore, then the pressure's on me to try to live up to that. It's, it's not like you get a license to do bad. You know, if you feel like that, you don't understand it yet. You got to stay with it till you get to get it. But when you get it, you'll understand how powerful God's love is. 
He don't want you separated from his love. No, sin cannot separate you from the love of God. If you'll turn away from it, it only separates you because you will let it. You won't accept the, the gift of forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And so when we talk about his manifest presence, then that means that he's in you, on you, upon you. He is your life. Got me? He is your life. It is the presence of God on his people and the administration of of the goodness of God in the earth. So as a a spirit-filled believer, Holy Ghost believer, you are an administrator of the goodness of God in the earth. That's what you're here for. You're here to let people in on the fact that God is good. And you have personal, you have personal uh responsibility for that you have personal uh, awareness and experience with it uh that's your job here you let people know about the goodness of god this is why when we go and quote unquote witness to people we do more praying for people than trying to pick their brain and get them to pray the prayer you know because a lot of people pray the prayer and they don't mean it don't change Say it to get out of, you know, get you off their case or whatever. And so we have to understand that we are here to show the goodness of God. That's why the ministry of Jesus is in the Bible. He never told anybody they had to be saved. Well, he told Nicodemus, you must be born again. But in demonstrating the kingdom, it was demonstrated through forgiveness, through love, and through helping people to express their faith and their trust in God. So there's an element of righteousness there, but it's a little different than what we have now. Now in this covenant, we have to be born again. But we can do the same ministry Jesus did. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. See, That's how people know God's with you. huh? You do good and you heal and you get the devil out of the picture. That's that's what you do. Amen? That's what you do. And so God wants his power and his glory to rest upon his people. That is what he has reserved for his bride. That's the wedding dress. That's the gown. That's the tiara. You know, the... The manicure, the pedicure, the whole nine yards is his glory. That takes care of everything. We can be so clothed in the glory of God that that that's all that people see. And that's all that they notice. They don't notice our past, our, our, uh, our shyness or fumbling or bumbling. You can be so clothed in his glory that that dominates in what people see on you and in what they perceive. Amen. So <clears throat> there are some things that the glory of God does as far as its effect on humanity in general. So on the church, it is his manifest presence. It is the administration of goodness, the goodness of God in the earth. And the demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. If you will preach it, God will confirm it. 
He didn't tell us to get out and try to prove how powerful we are. He just told us to go into all the world and tell it. Preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. And so as we do that, he confirms our words with signs following. We have to believe for the signs following. You know, when you when you make a, a statement or you make a declaration or you pray for somebody, you must believe that it's going to come to pass. That's your job as a minister. And so in believing that these things will come to pass, you don't keep going around doubting and questioning and all that kind of stuff. But you allow God to confirm what you just preached with signs following. And it's a carefree way to live. You realize real quick that you have no power to bring it to pass yourself. So you're either going to preach and believe and leave it out there and expect God to manifest it. Amen. Or just leave it, live in a crazy doubt world for the rest of your life and not be sure you ever want to do this. Or I'm not sure if I, you know, get forget about the uncertainties. Just allow God to use you. Because trust me, there ain't a lot of people out there really being used. This is true. Isn't that what Jesus said? The laborers are few. So there's always more work to be done than there are people who are willing to do it. You know, a lot of times people are waiting to for an anointing or waiting to be equipped or waiting, 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 waiting. Just go out there and use what you got. The Bible says to preach. You got a mouth, you use it for everything else. Start talking about the Lord. Huh? You'll never know if you got the goods if you don't try to give them to somebody. You got me? That's a funny thing about God. He shows up when you obey him. And when there's a need, he wants his people there to meet the need so that he can get involved and do the whole job. Yeah, you know, how, uh, now I'll tell you about, there's some, some ministries that used to be very, very powerful as far as getting people saved and the work of the gospel. And then they start to deteriorate into just good works ministries. Salvation Army is one of them. And people used to go and, and go and take over a bar, a saloon. You know what I'm saying? And go in there and sit and sing hymns and preach and get people, pull people out of them places. Amy Simple McPherson, that's how she started. She'd go and get a chair and stand on the street corner right in front of a bar and start preaching the gospel. And people would fall out of there asking for the Lord. See, if you go where God tells you to go, you can do great and mighty things through the power of the Lord. And so, but they have, they have now so been persecuted. See, when, when you walk in that kind of power, the devil hates that. So he'll start making you back down and water down your message. See, that's the only thing that happens to the church is they start out in the glory and little by little it gets watered down through persecution. And they start backing down and then they just want to tell people nice things and feed them and you know, give them free clothes and all that kind of stuff, which they need. But they need God more. You got me? They need the Lord more. 
And so, but but what God has planned for his church coming up, and it's upon us now, because I can tell the difference, and I'm, I'm not trying to make myself anything. Well, I know what I'm talking about in this realm, because I'm, I seek to know these things. And these are things that God, this is no mystery. It never has been. It's just been nobody really got in there and got in the Bible to find out what was going on in the world. But I believe with everything that's in me that the anointing of God is increasing in its availability to the people who are willing to reach out and receive it and want to use it and do something good with it. And that brings you into a whole different realm of because in order to really serve God, you can't have no theatrics in you. Which means all your Instagrams, periscopes, see, if it's too theatrical for God to get involved in, he won't get involved in it. This has got to be totally his show. Amen. So anybody who's willing to sacrifice and take out of their lives the things that God can't use is a good candidate for the power of God because he will pour out he wants to do this this is his idea this is his vision he wants to pour out his power he knows for a fact that there's nothing humanity can do you can throw more money at it if you want to you can have every legislator Talk about we're going to do more, but if God don't change this drug situation, it will not change. You got me? If he doesn't change the alcoholic, they only change for a little bit, and they don't change permanently. That's why you're involved, because you bring the power of God into the situation. Don't you ever forget it, sis. Man, don't you ever forget it, because he's with you in this. See, God has to have people stationed in places where they can get at the problem but go in there and understand that when you speak your words those words are confirmed with signs following that's what differentiates you from the social worker or the anybody else that's working in a situation amen god will confirm it he knows who those words are intended for he knows who's ready to give up the drugs and who's ready to convert he knows all of that stuff And so he will put us in the path of people who really need that change and really desire that change. And so nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is too hard for him. So we carry the administration of goodness of God in the earth and demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. God can strip a person of every demon that's holding them bondage. He can do it in one conversation. You got me? It don't have to be a, a real big thing. So uh, in, in I believe that we're coming into it because I have seen the glory increase and I have seen what God does through prayer. That's the main thing you've got to understand. Our prayers pave the way for going forward into the greater glory of God. Don't ever quit praying. Don't ever quit expecting don't ever give up on what God's given to you, giving you to do. So in Habakkuk 2.3, if we back up a little bit, 
we'll start at one it says i will stand upon my watch what are you watching for you're watching for verse 14 for the whole earth to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the lord as the waters cover the sea so we're watching for that we're anticipating good we're anticipating increase we're anticipating more and he says i will watch to see what he will say to me and what i shall answer when i am reproved And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. So when you write down a vision, it has to include everything that God gives you to include. This is no time for being a creative writer. Oh, I just get so inspired. Let me just, you know, you do that someplace else. You know, the Bible says that my tongue is like the pen of a ready writer. And there have been times where people have been ready writers for God. When we have that, the prayer manual that we use, that was a manifestation of ready writing that God gave me. And we haven't varied it in 30 years. So it is a complete amen. It is a complete revelation and is a complete interpretation of what needs to be done for us to see the glory manifestation. Now, I don't tell everybody that. You know, sometimes it's best just to tell saints, just get this prayer and pray it. Let's pray. You understand what I'm saying? And and understand <clears throat> that it's doing some good. If you pray in faith, you know it's doing some good. And so we've seen a lot of good to come about of that. The other vision, one of the visions God gave me in the prayer manual was he said, for watchmen, he said, I have a mandate on you, on this ministry, for the people to walk in divine health. It's a must do. And so he gave us that health prayer. Now, it don't look like a whole lot to people. You know, we don't have no exotic demons named in that and talking about visions and dreams and stuff. But I do know that the word heals you no matter what's wrong with you. And and if you will continue to confess the word and get it hidden in your heart and believe it and walk in the faith of it, then you won't be sick. You got me? You just won't be. And so when we understand these things about how God has prepared help for his people, you're never alone. You're not out here without a, you're not an orphan. You're not out here without a, a, an advocate or somebody to, to uh, help you in your time of trouble. You can call on God anytime. And he will help you to get through the hard and the difficult things. And you'll get through with more than victory. Amen. Doesn't the word say we're more than conquerors through him who loved us? See, his great love for us keeps us love is the most powerful force in the in the universe that's why everybody's looking for it all the time well we got one honest person can i hear two three can get get three get get three over here get four give me four 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 do i have four over here five 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 y'all making me work too hard today but you know what i'm saying everybody's huh Looking for, they even got websites you can go on and find some fake people to lie to you. 
I'd rather have living live people just standing right next to me lying and to get them, go through all that trouble, get online and find all this stuff. I find out they lying. That's the same old lie I could have heard in person just walking in a bar or something. Not that saints go to bars, but you know what I'm talking about. So, so when we write the vision and make it plain upon table so that he who reads it can, that's why we tell people when we get the prayer, man, just read the prayers. You read and I'll pray in tongues. Got me? So if you read it, I mean, I take it just as literally as I can so I don't complicate things for people. Because we got a lot of people out there who say they're praying, but what they do is so complicated You know what I'm talking about. Who is that laughing? Miss Gigglebox. Huh? You know what I'm talking about. People say, well, you know, I do my fasting and my prayer. Oh, Lord. Right. I remember Brother Hagan said something that I thought was pretty profound when he was talking about fasting. And he was telling God, I was not fasting. God said, live a fasted life. You know, just stay away from certain things instead of jumping in and jumping out all the time. Just live away from the world. You know what I'm saying? Just don't indulge in certain things. And and that will keep you consecrated unto God and full of power. And so when we talk about the manifest glory of God, then then these things are real. And now we talked about what the glory is on the church, on the believer. We said it was administration of good, a demonstration of the Holy Spirit, the word confirmed with signs following. But also there's a manifestation of the glory on the world. And you're seeing that now. Amen. You are seeing that now. And see, see, this is why we need to preach these things, because we can see things and not know what's going on. But if you look at them and then go in and talk to God about it or go in with the eye of the spirit, you'll see what's going. So one of the things that, you know, when the glory of God increases in the earth is that there are certain things that happen. So uh, it says here in Habakkuk 3, it says the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak and not lie. The only truth you have is the word of God. So in the end, it will speak and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It won't tarry forever. So these things will happen. You know, people say things like, well, you know, people talk about the Lord coming back. Oh, he's coming back for somebody every day. Now, you can talk rapture or you can talk getting out of here. But he comes for somebody all the time. So we shouldn't mock these prophecies that are written in the word of God. Because this earth is temporary. It will be destroyed. And a new heaven and a new earth will replace it. And I'm planning to be the resident. Huh? God has prepared a place for me, and he's got one prepared for you if you'll believe him. Amen. And he says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. 
So we don't get upset about things. We're not moved by what we see. We're not worried about anything. But justified people live by faith. We just trust God from day to day. Amen? You're not concerned. You're not worried about anything. He says in verse 5, also, because he transgresses by wine, he is a proud man. I'm going to read you from a, a different version. I found one that I like. Hang on a second. I got to do this little phone thing. Oopsie. I don't know my code. <laughs> what is it? Oopsie. Uh-oh. You know what? I think my finger is too... You ever get a sticky finger on stuff? There it is. Ah! Devil, gotcha. Okay, so let me let me read you this other version. I, I've got about about 15 versions on this one phone, but um, this one I thought was kind of had a little different twist to it. This is the ISV. I don't know, International Standard Version or something. Okay. In verse four, it says, "Notice their arrogance." They have no inward uprightness. So this is, this is when the glory of God manifests on sinners, people who love the world. Notice their arrogance. They have no inward uprightness. But the righteous will live by their faith. So that's how we are known as distinguished from the world. Moreover, just as wine leads astray the proud and powerful man, He remains restless. He has expanded his appetite like the afterlife or death itself. He is never satisfied. But what have we seen in the last? Now, if you've been paying attention, people in Hollywood been abusing each other and messing around with each other for years. Why is it just now being known? It ain't cause them people woke up one day and started ratting on each other. It's that sin cannot be hidden once the glory of God begins to manifest. It's got to be exposed. Remember when God told us, wait till the dust clears? He's just stirring up a little dust. That's, that's the manifestation of the glory of God. Listen, those people been doing that forever. Why now? And you can't find a righteous one in the bunch. They're all trying to cover back up again. You know, going into rehab. I never heard nothing of, nothing of so crazy uh, sexual addiction. Now, you just don't know. You just got a dirty mind and need to go read your Bible somewhere. It, there's a cure for everything. Then you go spend seven days in rehab probably doing the same thing to the nurses. and it, Well, I won't even go there. Seven days rehab. I had a nervous breakdown. It took me five years to recover. And, and I got saved and, and was in the word. You understand what I'm saying? Some things you might have to work at a little bit. If you really want to recover. Now, if you just want to go through the motions and pretend like you're doing something, you can do that all day long. And so it says here, these people have a a tendency to be arrogant, to be proud, and to be devourers. 
people who devour one another. So when the glory of God begins to manifest in the earth, those people get exposed. Amen. They can't hide anymore. They can't pretend like they haven't done anything or uh, it was because of a bad upbringing or whatever other psychological excuse people like to use. It says he gathers to himself all of the nations, taking captive all of the people for himself. Harvey Weinstein. How many people, you know, all these so-called powerful people. And they just prey on people because they're in a position, but it doesn't last forever. See, I don't care how much they do, God sees it. If they think it's undercover and they've got people intimidated and paying them off with private lawsuits and all that kind of stuff, when God's sick of it, he's done with them. You got me? And it does get exposed. He says, will not all of these ridicule him with mocking scorn? They will say, woe to the one who hoards himself for himself what isn't his. How long will you enrich yourself by extortion? Yeah, all the extortioners, all the people taking political money and hoarding it and doing all, all that's exposed, folks. That's a a manifestation of God's glory. When evil in high places can no longer be hidden... And it's exposed for everybody to see. That's a manifestation of the glory of God. That's not just somebody decided they was going to write a book, a tell-all. People tell on each other for money all the time. But when it gets exposed, and the exposure has not stopped, it's going to get more exposed by the power of God. This is the power of God, folks. Because you plundered many nations, all of their remnants will plunder you. So that's what happens to people who, are, people who steal can't steal forever. People who molest people can't and take their dignity and take their self-esteem. They can't do that forever. Some of these younger people molested in Hollywood as young children uh, have committed suicide and been on drugs since then. You don't, you don't even know who's been affected by it. And he says here, they will be plundered. God will do it. Amen. He says, woe to the one who amasses profit upon unjust profit in order to establish his household so he can establish a secure place on the heights. Huh? Hollywood, Malibu. And escape from the power of evil. All these people have armed bodyguards. They care less. They can buy. They think they can buy everything that they need. But God, you have brought shame to yourself by destroying many people. And you are forfeiting your own life. Indeed, a stone will cry out from the wall and a rafter will respond. So this is one of the things where God don't need a saint to go and witness to somebody. Uh, The bricks in their walls will talk to them. Huh? <laughs> Seriously, that's what it says here. Huh? <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar's son thought he was cool, but he pushed God too far. See, he was a wicked man anyway, and he decided because they had captured the Israelites that they would further degrade them. So they got drunk one night and said, 
Um, listen, them Hebrews got all them gold, gold goblets they used to have in the, the temple and what they served their God out of. Why don't we go and get them and drink out of them? problem huh before they could even get that goblet up to their mouths a burning hand burning finger not even a whole hand a burning finger wrote a message on the wall to him and the bible says his knees started to knock together see when god wants people to know see we've been nice see when christians go and witness to people go pray for you we being nice to you But you keep resisting, and God wants to really manifest himself to you. Your knees going to knock. You're going to be scared out of your skin. The same people, you know how people sometimes, they'll treat you mean because you're a Christian. Oh, they're going to be so nice to us. Huh? Remember when you tried to tell me about, I don't know if I, no, you know what I'm saying. (laughs) You want to do that. Like, I don't have time. But you you know that's your job to do it. Your heart your heart grieves for people. You know, this is not something we we relish, but if it comes to that, I'm telling you the world is so dark and depraved. It it does have to come to that cuz it's written in this vision. Amen. We know it's going to happen. He says, "Woe to the one who founds a city on bloodshed." And we see that in Muslim countries. You see that in communist countries and constructs a city by lawlessness. Amen. It is. Is it not because the Lord of the heavenly armies that people grow tired of putting out fires and nation weary themselves over nothing? Indeed, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. It says, woe to the one who supplies his neighbor with drink. All these orgies, sex parties, coming down. says, you are forcing your bottle on him, making him drunk so you can see them naked. Now, I ain't going to mention no names, but Bill Cosby. And others, and others, too, that intoxicate people so that they can take advantage of them and degrade them. See, people sober up at some point. And when they sober up, they're left with the hangover of your bad deeds in their life. So this is speaking to what we see in the news every day. That press people don't want to tell. Now, they don't like to tell on their own. Amen. They'd rather keep it covered up forever. And they pretend, I didn't know. You mean, ah, I didn't. Yeah, right. Huh? Now everybody knows. And we know you knew all along. Amen. It says the Lord will turn against you and utter disgrace will debase your reputation. Some of these people will never recover. You know, they'll just go off into obscurity. We won't even know their names. It used to be household names. Wonderful actors and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they'll go down to disgrace. Because they have had opportunities to turn their lives around. They've had opportunities. But when God's done with it, he's done with it. It says, where is the benefit in owning a carved image that motivates its maker to carve it? 
It is only a cast image, a teacher that lies because the engraver entrusts in himself to his carving. So all of these people who are serving false gods, you know, the, the, the chanters and the colon cleanse people and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, it's all a religion. You see something catch on like that and everybody's doing it. <laughs> I eat vegetables myself. Now what the in the what the pediatrician tells tells mothers of toddlers and young, give them some of that green stuff in the jar. Huh? I ain't got time to wait for y'all to get that. Get it Tuesday. Y'all get it Tuesday. Huh? But there's false religion all over the place. Huh? They bring it into schools. Push God out. You can't pray in school no more. We don't want God in here. But you got Wiccans. You got Buddhists. You got Chanters. You got yoga people. You got all kind of people in there chanting their stuff. Huh? Let me tell you why the reason the people like Buddha and all them people and yoga. One of the reasons is you don't have to repent to get close to them. All you got to do is jump in and, and do the ritual. And you're accepted. The other reason they don't like Jesus because he's alive. See, when we call him, he shows up. You call Buddha, ain't nobody home. And chant all you want to. Amen. What people, glory, sinners, what they gloried in is now a shame to them. Mm-hmm. Sexual predators have been hidden for many, many decades, moving right among us. But God's tired of it now. Amen. Corruption in government. Huh? Rigging elections and primaries and taking money and all of this stuff. Amen. And God is going to end the stupid globalism and opening our borders to any and every idiot that wants to come in here. Amen. Listen, this is one nation under God. This is God's country, folks. It doesn't belong to politicians. It doesn't belong to political groups. It doesn't belong to people. It belongs to God. So when God's ready to do something, you better you better know all your job is to find out where God is and make up your mind to get on his side. That's the best I can tell you. When you find out where he is, get on his side. The false worshipers are being exposed. They're coming down. Their worship means nothing anymore. Everything is to be challenged, not by us, but by God. He challenges the Muslim in what he believes. He challenges the Buddhist in what he believes. He challenges all other gods in what their followers believe. Their gods can't help them. Huh? These these guys who, you know, is, uh, uh, oh, I die for Allah. Uh, I'll have uh, 72 virgins. Yeah, when you wake up in hell, there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's... And why would a holy God offer you sex 
the minute they start talking like that, I'm gone. You got me? Yeah, you know that. No, no, that's not our God. We serve a holy God. There's an increased awareness of the awesomeness of God when the glory increases. And the glory manifests on all believers from the least to the greatest. Glory will manifest on small children. Manifest on adults. The elderly. People in nursing homes will be awakened to the presence of God. All they have to do is yield to it. Amen. You don't have to worry about you trying to get a ministry everywhere. Just go where God tells you to go. Do what he tells you to do. And let the glory manifest and take care of the rest of it. You will see believers moving in the power of God throughout the earth. Ordinary believers healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils. We are told and God is, is going to pour out great wrath upon the earth. Because people are just hardened. They're, they're thumbing their nose at God everywhere. Not only laughing at his people, trying to put down his people, but also thumbing their nose at him. And so God wants to revive his work in the midst of the years. In Habakkuk chapter 3, it talks about the revival of God's work. Verse 2, it says, O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known. In wrath, remember mercy. So God will save many, many people who are being exposed. Their sin is being exposed. That's all that's happened. The same thing that's happening to them is what happened to each and every one of us when we became aware that we were separated from God. A lot of what what is being what has to happen though because there's so much shedding of innocent blood in this country. There's a hardness to people's hearts and minds that have we have not seen in a great while. That's why a lot of times when we try to share Christ with people you, you meet such a brick wall. But God uses that for his good. Just like he hardened Pharaoh over and over and over again. The same is happening with sinners in this world. They're being so hardened because they shed innocent blood. But once they come to to an awareness of their blood guiltiness, that's when, when they repent. When they realize that they are guilty of the blood of Jesus that was shed for them. They're getting close to it. Because that revelation has to come to all humanity before you can really be saved. You know how how sometimes you'll pray for somebody that doesn't know God, and they know they're doing wrong. Yeah, people say, "Yeah, I know. I, I should. I should. I should get saved. I should serve God. I should." Serve. And they go on like that for a long time. The uh, what's really missing is an element of repentance that only God can provide to them. And that is an awareness of their blood guiltiness. See, when, when, you, when you talk to somebody, say somebody doesn't go to church, doesn't know God, living for the devil, just sinning all the time. 
and you talk to him about, well, God wants to save you. Jesus wants to save you. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And you wonder, well, what's it going to take for anybody been there beside me? Anyone, what's it going to take for them to get converted? What, remember when in the book of Acts when the apostles would preach. And I would look at that sometime. I said, man, that ain't what I call preaching. Now, you know, you get in there with my little stuff and I judge what they do. And they in the Bible. Ain't nobody reading about me up in there. You know, but I'm, I'm the great judge. But it didn't look like the gospel to me. They go back through the history of Israel. But the one thing they all had in common when they would get 5,003, Jesus Christ, whom you crucified. When you see yourself guilty of the blood of Jesus because your sin. See, we, and I can remember the days I used to say, I said, oh, the Jews put him to death. And then I heard Billy Graham preach one time. He said, people say the Jews, but you put him to death. We all put him to death. You got me? And see, it's that knowledge of your your responsibility for his blood that gets them over the... Huh? When they can't avoid it any longer, they'll be just like the Pharisees, tearing their robes, throwing it down, wanting to get rid of it, and can't get rid of it. That's when they get converted. I thought, Jesus, I thank you for that, because I've been puzzled about this. <laughs> I've been saved 30-something years, just finding out. Just think there's more for all of us to find out. Amen? But when that knowledge of their personal responsibility for the shedding of his innocent blood comes to them, they cannot get out from under it. That's what the Bible says. You read it for yourself. They go right up to them Jews and say, Jesus Christ, whom you crucified. Yes. Not to the Jews only, but they preached that to everybody. Right. Huh? Amen. Amen. He was raised up for our justification. Once you come to an understanding of your responsibility for his blood, then you can know that he's been raised up for this is good news. The good news is he was raised up for your justification. Amen. So if you'll receive him and you'll accept his sacrifice on your behalf personally for the life you personally lived, then you can be saved. Amen. And so, amen. It's good news, folks. It's good news. No more condemnation. No more carrying around guilt, but just an, an understanding of the great, great mercy of God. And that's what the, the body of Christ carries. That's what we carry, folks. We're not trying to, to uh, make it seeker-friendly. You know what I'm saying? It's not your job. Your job is to open your mouth and God will fill it with words. Amen? He'll be able to show people how good he is. And then they'll come to an awareness. If God is this good, why am I serving the devil? If God is this good, why don't I give my life to him? If God is this good, why am I wasting my life doing nothing with it? And then and it's through the glory of God, through his church, through his people who are called out to do this work for him, that the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of his glory. Amen? Praise God. Father, we thank you. Again, for the time that we've had with you, to spend with you in the great presence of the great almighty God. We love you, Father. We thank you and we bless you for what you're doing in our midst today.
We understand how much you love us, how much you want us to be more and more like you. And we're on our way. The transformation is taking place as we speak. Thank you, Lord, that you are changing us into your eternal glory more and more every day. And we love you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up. I'll pray for you. And then we'll have lunch. Lunch.